Hi everybody, this is Andy Elford, the host of the podcast, All Andy Elford. And tonight's show is a special live edition of All Andy Elford, as we do our show on Facebook Live this evening. So tonight's show is unedited, unrehearsed, and full of content. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Guess who's back? All Andy Elford. And a shot at a goal! It's to be expected, ladies and gentlemen. What we witnessed tonight, of course is the end of an era in Toledo hockey history. It is the end of an era with regarding some players. And the Bruce Taylor Trophy is handed out in the Huntington Center, but it's not handed out to the Fish tonight. As the Walleye took battle in Game 5 of the Western Conference Final tonight at the Huntington Center. And the sad thing is, the season... The series and a coaching career here in Toledo is coming to an end. Playing careers are coming to an end tonight. And, you know, the start of a good series, I think, coming forward in the ECHL's Kelly Cup Final is going to be starting here in the next few weeks. So, I love you guys. Welcome into the special edition, this final post-game edition of the 2023 Kelly Cup Playoffs edition of All Andy Elford tonight right here on the All Andy Elford Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning into the show tonight. We've got a lot to get into tonight, of course. The Walleye in their game tonight will get the reaction from, of course, Wes Carr who is in the uh, Huntington Center tonight, will get his reaction to the game. Also, we will give you my take on what happened, as well as the whole season for the Fish as a whole, as the season has come to an end. Uh, You'll also hear some... uh, I've got a good, reliable source that wants to let you know about something. I'm going to give you what my reliable source said something tonight to me post-game. That uh, got me uh, got me questioning about what's going to happen with this team in the future. Uh, also, we'll dive into what's happening on the ice over in Vegas. Vegas is playing Dallas right now in Game 5 of the Western Conference Final. Also, we'll dive into a little bit of the NBA as well. As well as hitting the Diamond. The Tigers took on the White Sox today. And the Guardians took on the uh, Cardinals. Blue, the Cubs took on the Reds. And it was an absolute mugging at Fifth Third Field tonight between the Mud Hens and the Rochester Red Wings. Uh, but go ahead, feel free, post your comments, your questions, your concerns for this upcoming postseason, this upcoming offseason for the Walleye, as well as your reaction to tonight's game right here on All Andy Alford. We're going to go for a full hour, hour and a half possibly tonight because of the severity of this series, the series being ended. And, you know, let's get into it. Of course, you know, we witnessed it tonight. 
at the Huntington Center. Another solid crowd of 8,300 in attendance at the Bank Tank. And tonight, tonight for me was, it was difficult. This was, you, I would take it as this. I was taking it as this all day today. Last night's game for me was the wake. Tonight was the funeral. I felt like that's what it was. It was the funeral. We were we knew what, what the writing was on the wall. We talked about it last night on the podcast. We talked. You heard it from Wes. You heard it from myself. That this game tonight was a must win for the fish, and you know to set the tone, and set the momentum. And in this game tonight, you know it did start off very well. The fish were capitalizing, taking shot after shot, putting it on Chanel, and putting it on. And just absolutely just capitalizing on it. Capitalizing on opportunities after opportunities. And then get off to an early start. A good start for Thomas Ebbing. Getting a, getting a second of the campaign, of the playoff campaign, from Mackenzie in Keyline. Even strength, an even strength goal to start it all off. The Fish jumped out to an early one nothing lead. And it was great to see. You know, absolutely great to see. But you can't... You, the the big thing tonight uh, we took talked about last night was the fact that they can't have turnovers you can't have bad play you can't have a setup of a good play that turns into a bad play you can't have that happen and tonight it it killed the walleye it honestly killed the walleye it killed the walleye this whole series this whole this whole series against Idaho and it, and Idaho proved it that they're better than us and they know it they absolutely know it. As White gets on the board at the 13-19 mark of the period from Gaudreau and Murphy. And it's 1-1 Idaho halfway through the halfway through the first period. But then the dagger went in in the first period of this game as Hendrick getting his second of the campaign from Domoski. And it's 2-1 after 20 minutes of play. Toledo out hit out shooting. Idaho in the first period, 14-5. They were doing very well. They were putting pucks on the net, and that's what we were talking about. You had to keep putting pucks on net. Stop ditzing around with the puck. Stop dipsy-doodling and moving around too much. And what happened? They put the puck on net, and good things were happening. They had opportunities after opportunities, They but they, could, they ran into a hot goaltender, an absolute steamroll of a goaltender. And then into the second period, Sataguchi goes in on a breakaway and just tucks it in past Sebastian Kosa. Makes it a 3-1 hockey game. 3-1 hockey game. And then the killer. The killer in this. The killer for Sebastian Kosa. Kosa gets as Hendricks buries it. Drive shot from the top of the faceoff dot. For his second of the game, third of the playoffs from Becker and Melzik. And it's 4-1 Idaho. And Kosa gets pulled. He gave up four goals on nine shots. Save percentage of a point seven four two. 
not a good way to end your end your run as the number one draft pick from the from the Detroit Red Wings. Not a good way to end this. So John Lutheman comes in to replace Sebastian Kosa and plays 29 minutes and 52 seconds. It's 4-1 Idaho after 40 minutes of play. Idaho outshot Toledo. It felt like Idaho finally turned on the Jets and they decided they wanted to play hockey in the second period and they just capitalized and continued into the third, peppering John Letherman and the dagger into the side of the fish, ripping the guts out of the walleye as Duda get, Kula gets his first from Hendricks and Milzik. 5-1 Idaho in the game. In the game. And you could tell that the fans were done after the 4-1 when they gave up the fifth. You could tell that there was a lot of people, and I saw it. I saw it on the camera. I know I've had, I had a lot of people getting I saw it talking to a lot of people that were in the game at the game tonight. And they were saying that a lot of people were getting up and walking out. And I agree. I don't want to see what I'm seeing. I've gone to the funeral. I've signed the guest book. I paid my respects. It's 5-1. They gave it a run towards the end, but they just couldn't get into the zone. And then the, the penalty called on Sam Craig's in the second period for the high-sticking double minor. That just did him in. That just did him in more into the second period. But then with 11.53 to go, with nine minutes and change to go in the game, Hawkins draws the trip. There was, there's just no way of coming back. And the dream season that this team has, how good this team has performed, how good this team has performed, ends like this. As Idaho defeats the Toledo Walleye tonight by the score of 5-1 to one at the Huntington Center. Taking the series four games to one over, the, over the, the Walleye. Toledo outshot by Idaho in this game 25-23. to 23. Toledo had no power plays at all. None. None whatsoever in this game. Idaho was 0 for 5. I got to give the penalty killing for Toledo. 0 for 5 on the PK. It was great. Four minutes in penalties for Idaho. 12 minutes in penalties for Toledo. But the thing is, Toledo never had an opportunity to get those penalties because it was matching minors. Or if it was a penalty, it was going to be immediately called afterwards for on a Toledo penalty. So it was not going to count. One goal, two assists, three points for the Fish. Five goals, nine assists, 14 points for the Steelheads. Like I said, uh, Sneed, Sneed, 22 of 23, save percentage of a point nine five zero. I believe he is the MVP of this series. He honestly stood on his head for this series, did a fantastic job. The only hiccup he had was game, game three at the Huntington Center, but after that, he was lights out after that. Uh, time of the game, two hours and 18 minutes, three, 8,300 in attendance at the bank tank. The three stars, Murphy for Idaho, White 
the number two star, and Hendrick, the number one star, as Hendrick had the game-winning goal to put it away with a 2-1 victory at the point after 20 minutes of play. He puts the dagger in the game, and the fish, the walleye, are done with the 2023 Kelly Cup playoffs, and the 2022-2023 full season is officially done for the Toledo walleye. You can kill the ice, you can pack up the cowbells, you can break out the golf clubs, you can put away the skate sharpeners. This season and this hockey team is done. Sad to say that. Of how good this team performed. And, and now we now the questions are coming out and we're getting answers. And I'm going to say this right now to you. We have seen, I believe, the last game coach by Dan Watson in the Toledo Walleye coaching realm. I have a good source that has informed me that Grand Rapids is going to offer him the position. Grand Rapids is looking for a new head coach. They have gutted their whole organization from GM all the way down to coaching. The Red Wings have been scouting Dan Watson for this whole entire playoff series, and the majority of the playoff, uh, majority after the firing of what happened in Grand Rapids, they have been watching Watson the entire time. And in my opinion, and this is this is this is truly honest with me, we saw the last game coached by Dan Watson at the Huntington Center, bearing if if they don't have like an exhibition game at the Huntington Center, because. I think Dan Watson is going to be a coveted AHL coach. And it just makes sense, and it makes a logical sense that he is going to go to Grand Rapids. He's going to take everybody with him. So now the question is, where does this lead the organization? Where does this lead the walleye organization? Well, they're going to have to go out and find a new coach. Do you hire within? Do you hire, you know, do you hire, you keep somebody from the Watson regime to run this team? And we don't know if this is, you know, Watson had that long, has a long-term deal with the Fish as being the head coach. But I, it just makes sense. And I got our good, reliable sources informing me that they're going to offer him that position. They're going to offer him that position, and it is just going. To, and I guarantee you, he'll take it. After the performance of this team, and the, 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 there's nothing else for him more to do here in Toledo than to win the cup. And they haven't won the cup. They've had three opportunities. They've gotten to the finals the last two of the last three years, bearing the COVID year in 2020. Couldn't get into it in 20 in into the 2020-2021 season. They got into it in 2021-2022 season last year with Florida, year before with Newfoundland. And they, you know, it. And, and Watson is good at recruiting. He knows good talent. The head coach of the Detroit Red Wings is Derek Lalone. Derek Lalone's assistant back when he was a head coach with the Toledo Walleye was Dan Watson. So it just, in a good, reliable source, I'm not going to say source, sell my source, good, reliable sources is telling, informing me that they're going to offer him the position. 
So, like I said, that means to me that Hensick is done. I we knew that Hensick coming back, he was just going to try to do this one one last time. Hensick's done. I think he's done because him and Watson are really close. Same with John Albert. I think John Albert is done too. I think John Albert's uh, career here in Toledo is officially done. Uh, they were talking also. You heard a little bit of it in the in the post game press conference with Strack and and Watson saying that you know some guys are going to retire, some guys are going to play in Europe. I have a feeling we know some of those players that are going to play in Europe next year. But we also have some guys that you know have made residence here in Toledo. Can they? Will they stay with this? Play with this team next year, or we are we going to have a situation where we're going to have an AJ Jenks, where you know the organization felt like they needed to move on, and he goes to Fort Wayne and wins a championship with Fort Wayne. I mean, that's a possibility as well. Uh, but we do know this: this has been a great run for this team. And it's been a great, you know, stretch with Dan Watson as head coach. You think about it; he's been with the head coach since 2016, and we're in 2023. He has done a fantastic job as head coach of the Toledo Walleye, getting them to the Cup final two out of the last six years, six odd years. I mean. It's it, this organization pays a debt and a gratitude to Dan Watson and to this organization, and I think it, I think the right wing organization should reward him, and they will reward him with an opportunity to coach in the next level, and that's in the AHL. Now, does Hirschfield go? We don't know. Does you know? I mean, and and you got to give credit also to this, you know, Brad Frederick. The training staff, fantastic job all season long. Video teams, chiropractors, they did a fantastic job. You know, they'll stay, they'll, some of them will stay on, some of them might go up with him. Video coaches, all that. But the thing is with me, and it, it, it's writing on the wall, and I got a good reliable source, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna name sources, I'm not gonna tell you sources, because I wanna keep his name clean is that Dan Watson will be offered the job in Grand Rapids. He will be offered the job in Grand Rapids. Will he take it? I don't know. That's up to the organization, that's up to what the fan, what the what the what the organization and what the team wants. Because for me, you know, this guy is due, he is owed, he has been Paying his dues all through his career here in the East Coast Hockey League, and what he has done with this team, I think he could be a proven winner in the AHL. And Grand Rapids in the Detroit Red Wings organization is going to be that team to do it for him. And like I said, it's a stepping stone. You know, start in the AHL, get into the NHL a little bit. You know. It's like the Lalone, Derek Lalone. Again, I will make sure that again, Lalone was in the A, was in the Walt with the Walleye. He then moves up to Iowa. Iowa, then then he gets the call from Tampa to be with John Cooper as an assistant coach. And now he is now the, he won a couple cups with Tampa. 
Now he's the head coach of the Detroit Red Wings. The man's due. I think he's due, and I think he deserves the opportunity to coach in the American Hockey League. Absolutely does. Not going to give me any uh, grief. He's going to give me grief probably when they play Cleveland. But the man is due for this opportunity. Plain simple. And let me go back to, again. Like I said, we go back to the situation. We know that Hensick is probably going to retire. This was his final run. And you could tell how he was shaking hands with the with the players. Same with John Albert. We know that John's, John's towards the end of his career as well. We don't know about Hawkins. We don't know the players that are going to play in Europe next year. That is a interesting, interesting development. But we do know that we've probably seen this this core the core group of guys in this team. You know, these core group of guys are probably done, absolutely done this season, and it's sad to say. It's sad. It's sad to see how good this team has performed all season. And it just, I don't know, it just, it, it just, I'll just say it, it sucks. Looking at the roster for the Fish tonight, you had Drew Warad minus three, Hensick a minus three, Gordy Green a minus three, McCourt minus one, Tataya minus one, Sabrango minus one, Vero minus two, Barton minus three. You know, all the key guys were not there, you know. But, you know, it is what it is. The Fish fall tonight 5-1 to one to the Idaho Steelheads. And they lose the series four games to one. And the trophy, the Bruce Taylor trophy, goes to the Idaho Steelheads. And they will now play for the Kelly Cup and their opportunity to win the Kelly Cup. It is what it is, folks. Tomorrow night will be game five of the Eastern Conference Final as it will be the Newfoundland Growlers taking on the Florida Everblades that series tied at two games apiece, with four games being played, these four games being played in Newfoundland. Newfoundland coming back in overtime on Thursday night to win over Florida 2-1. to one. They'll play tomorrow at 4 o'clock, their time, five o'clock, uh, uh, 3 o'clock our time. And then they will play then game 6 on Tuesday night. It'll be Florida and Newfoundland in that affair too. And, you know, the it, it'll be interesting. And that's going to be a lot of travel. If you think about it, it's going to be a lot of travel. From Boise to either Newfoundland or Estero, Florida. That's a lot of travel. That's a lot of travel. But, of course, every playoff series that the Fish were in this year, we recap. We recap the... the Indy series, we recap the Cincinnati series. Now we will recap the Western Conference Finals for the Fish. And it started off on May 20th with the big series opener against the Idaho Steelheads out in Idaho and the Fish being absolutely blanked 3 to nothing. 
the next night, again, another shutout. The fish fall three to nothing. They were down 2-0 in this series. Coming back to the Huntington Center on the on this past Wednesday, the 24th. The fish were down 4-2 at the end of 20 40 minutes of play. They rallied back to win the game 5-4. All on the Brandon Hawkins tip-in shot gives them the win. And then we get into last night, Friday night, the 26th, the fish falling again to the the fit the Steelheads. 4-2. They get it close to make it 4-3, but that was the eventual final. The fish fall, the walleye fall, 4-3. And tonight, the momentum, the wake led to the funeral tonight. And the fish, the walleye, get fried by the steelheads by the score of 5-1 tonight. And the steelheads take the series four games to one in five games over the Toledo walleye. So... It's been a season, folks. And we, you know, the what we witnessed an 18 game winning streak this year with the walleye. The questions that we thought that this team was not going to be a playoff team by in December and January because of how bad they performed. They absolutely shattered records by winning 18 straight. You know, the great play of Gordy Green this up this past season with his first year as a fish. You also had, you know, the continuing, you know, the continuation of Brandon Hawkins, as well as, you know, Gordy Meyer and, you know, Charlie Curdy and a lot of the great players, Thomas Ebbing, all these great players from the fish, you know, and then you had the surge at the end of the, at the end of the regular season when you had Hensick being in, injected into it, you know, John Albert being the captain for the team having that injury early on in the season didn't make it back until we got into late into the season. And for me, you know, seeing how good this team performed and how well they performed and and I will again state this for the record, we need to play tougher opponents instead of the continuous games against Iowa and Kalamazoo and all the you know, all the small teams that don't really cut it. We struggled against the tougher opponents this year. We struggled against the Reddings. We struggled against decent and great opponents this year. We did. We absolutely did. And it, it, it killed us. It killed us. It killed us this year. So, you know, it is what it is. We'll take it. We'll take this season and we'll unpack it. We'll dive more into it in this upcoming weeks and months. But, you know, the band-aid is fresh. The blood is all over the wall. The season's done. And we're seeing a lot of what it's going to happen in 2023, 2024. And it's going to be a lot of movement before the season even begins. It's just, it is what it is. And so I, all I have to say to the fans is keep the faith. You know, keep your head up high. And again, I will say this again. 
This is and my dad. My dad said this to me last night after the game last night. You can't count out the fish. You don't. You never count out the fish. But in my opinion, the the streak of this, the losing streak of not making the cup final, not winning the cup final, continues the curse. In my opinion. And we've become, I believe, we have two curses happening on this team. And this organization and the city and hockey franchises in general in this city. And I will continue talking about this. And I know you're going to say to me, Andy, we just lost the playoff series. Why are you talking about this? I'm just laying this out for you guys. My dad, who is in his 60s. Believes into this curse now, and I'm starting to believe it more and more. That, and this is this is some JFK assassination conspiracy theories, and I'm just going to throw this out here, though. Ever since this franchise has moved from the east side of Toledo, from the Toledo Sports Arena, to now in downtown Toledo, Toledo hockey has never, never, never won a Kelly Cup championship. That is the curse of the sports arena. But for me, the curse of this, of this whole thing dates back to 1994-1995 Toledo Storm seasons season. And that is the hit somebody curse. In the 94-1995 season, fans began to chant during the national anthem, hit somebody. It continued on, it's continued on to this day. The last championship the city of Toledo won in hockey was the 1994 Riley Cup. The 94-95 season started. They were on a great pace, and then the fans started chanting, hit somebody. And the team just absolutely tanked. The curse is alive, folks. We need to stop saying that. And I will talk blue into the face about it. But believe me, when I'm saying this, this team is cursing twofold that this franchise has not won a championship, has not won a championship ever since the move from the east side to downtown. And then from you, the fans, you, the fans from Channing hit somebody. Plain and simple. It's the curse. Believe it. I've been ridiculed on the Toledo hockey page for it. I've been ridiculed by my friends in social circles about it. And I have been ridiculed about it by my own parents, by my own, my own wife, and by my own everybody. That I have talked blue into the face about with this. When are we going to believe it? When are we going to believe it? This team is cursed. We've seen so... It's the Toledo curse no matter what the situation is. Whether it be UT football. UT men's basketball. Toledo Mudhen baseball. 
and Toledo Walleye and Toledo Storm Hockey, every time that Toledo has the big game and they do a fantastic job all season long, what happens? They somehow, someway, lose. And they lose big. They lose big or they lose by a controversial goal. The only exception to this rule, you got to go back to the 2005 and 2006 Toledo Mudhens. Because that team was absolutely stacked with great prospects and great veteran team. But look at it this way, too. Ever since the championship, how have the Mudhens been? I mean, they got blown out tonight by Rochester. Rochester, the Washington Nationals affiliate. If you don't believe that Toledo hockey and Toledo sports are cursed, I will give you credit that the UT football program Winning the MAC championship was great, but if you think about it, they only won by like three points. By three points. So, the hit somebody curse and the Toledo Sports Arena curse are alive, ladies and gentlemen. Believe that. As you're watching and listening to a special edition. Of All Andy Alford tonight right here on the All Andy Alford Network. Right here on Facebook Live and with all different platforms, the many platforms, whether it be on Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Bleaker, however you're listening tonight, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the program tonight as we have the uh, Western Conference Final taking on right now. And the Dallas Stars are proving to be the ace of spades when it comes to the Golden Knights as the Stars are up 4-2 to two on the Vegas Golden Knights. And that is really going to throw a monkey wrench into this whole playoff situation. Because here's why I say that. And by the way, you can comment. Please give me your thoughts on what you saw tonight at the Bank Tank. At the Huntington Center as the walleye fall to the Idaho Steelheads by the score of 5-1 to one and lose their series tonight. Four games to one. They lose in five to the Idaho Steelheads. But Dallas, a 4-2 lead right now with 5.30 to go in the third period. Uh, if Vegas would have won tonight, game one of the Stanley Cup Final would take place the 31st of May. That will be this up upcoming Wednesday. If Dallas wins this game, then that moves the start of the Stanley Cup Final to June 6th. Over a week away from the start of the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. You can't have that. You can't have that. So, and game six back in Dallas will take place Monday night. And it looks like it's going to be Monday night in Dallas in that affair. So there's that for you guys. Also, got to make mention of really quickly on the on the Blue Jacket front, 
We should find out this week who the new coach is for the Blue Jackets. There is talk it's going to be Peter Laviolette. There's also talk of the kid from that was the backup to, to Larson. But also a name that has become more and more prevalent is Mike Babcock. Mike Babcock might be the next coach of the of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Also, got to make mention of this really quickly. We'll take a look around also in the on the on the on the hard court as the NBA playoffs taking place. And the Boston Celtics are up 79-72 with 12 minutes to go. The start of the fourth quarter. Miami leads the series three games to two. If it goes to game seven, it will be Monday night, Memorial Day on Monday. For game seven in the garden. So that will be interesting. So hopefully the fourth quarter for Miami, they turn on the Jets. Because... Boston is really, really, really good. Really, really good. Uh, looking around the diamond tonight, of course, the Tigers took on the Chicago White Sox this afternoon at Comerica Park. The Tigers took on the White Sox and getting a huge win today by the score of 7-3. to three. Uh, The Guardians fell in extra innings tonight on national television to the St. Louis Cardinals 2-1. The Reds, an 8-5 win over the Cubs. Other scores, of course, the Rockies are up 6-1 on the Mets. Marlins up 1-0 on the Angels of Anaheim. The Padres lose to the Yankees in extra innings by the score of 3-2. The Twins, a 9-7 win over the Blue Jays. The Orioles fall to the Rangers 5-3. Astros, a 6-3 win over the Athletics. The Athletics right now are 10-44. Unbelievable. Uh, the Nationals, a 4-2 win over the Royals. You also had the Mariners beating up on the Pirates, 5-0. And the Rays a fall to the Dodgers, 6-5. Phillies, a 2-1 win over Atlanta. The Brew Crew fall to San Francisco, 3-1. The Red Sox beat up on the Diamondbacks, 2-1. And again, to reiterate to the wall, the... Mudhens were in action tonight in Rochester, and Rochester beats up on Toledo. Toledo was down 8 nothing after the end of the third third inning. They fall tonight 12-7 to the Rochester Red Wings, and they will play tomorrow. 6-0-5 is the first pitch for that affair at 5th-3rd field for the final game of the homestand, then they will head to Indianapolis for six games starting Monday. They'll have a day off on Tuesday, and then they will play Wednesday Wednesday through Sunday against Indianapolis. So so there's that for you. And by the way, if you're wondering where the Mudhens rank in the standings when it regards to the two divisions, the International League East and the International League West, Toledo is four in... Three, four, five, six. Seventh spot at 23 and 26, 11 and a half games out of first place. They are three games under 500 as we will hit the 50 game point tomorrow, which is a quarter of the season through. And the Mud Hens are 23 and 26. So give that, give that a tug while you get a chance. Also, on the golf side of things, the 
PGA taking place, of course, the Charles Schwab uh, block did not make the cut, of course, but uh, uh, Harry Hall at 10 under par with Adam Schink at 10 under par as well, too. Harrison English at 9 under par. Uh, Emilio Grillo at 6 under par with Justin Sue at 6 under par. The Charles Schwab, of course, and then, to, and then next week will be the big memorial tournament in Columbus in Dublin. Looking forward to seeing how that's going to shape up at Jack's place as well. So we're going to get a hold of West Carr here in just a few minutes to get his reaction to tonight's game and his overall take on the full season here in just a second right here on All Andy Elford tonight right here on the All Andy Elford Network. And you're listening to us on the different platforms, of course, whether it be on Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Bleaker, however you're listening to our show tonight, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you. Again, thank you for for tuning in and thank you for watching us tonight also on Facebook Live. We had a great rating yesterday for all of you for tuning in to, the, tuning in to Game 4 as well. Uh, we had people from Florida, of course. That we're watching watching this post game show. We've also had people from that have been listening from Germany and from Canada as well on the podcast on the on the uh, on the podcast side of things because we do this show also simulcast on the uh, All Andy Elford Network of podcasts. So so yeah, I again I say thank you, thank you, and we're gonna get West Card here in just a few moments. Pleased to be joined tonight. Unfortunately, we're going to have to say this. This is the final time we're going to have Wes on the podcast for this postseason run tonight. And um, it is, first of all, before we dive into the game, Wes, it has been truly a pleasure to have you on this pro- have us have you on this show for the last few weeks to you know give your insight and give your input into what you've seen in the Huntington Center as well as what you've seen watching the games at the watch parties and watching at you know watching at your own home you know it, it's been truly a pleasure to have you on the program tonight it's program all throughout this postseason run and as well as as well as uh you know the true friendship that you and I both have. So thank you for everything, Wes. And I, let's get right into it. Of course, you know, what, what is there, what is there to say? What is there to say? Uh, well, you get your hopes up in the beginning cause they score first. So to me, like the first 10 minutes, I was like the most, uh, like seal had to deal with for like the whole series. It felt like, mm-hmm. But then the second half of the first period, it all um, went back to um, Idaho, I thought, in control-wise of the game. Yeah, I mean, it felt like to me that, you know, it was like a tale of two two periods. Toledo was firing all on all cylinders in the first period, you know, and you get the spark in Ev- with Ebbing's goal, you know, and he this is his second goal of the of the whole postseason. And we, we talked about how, you know, it's been Hawkins, Green, and Bliss being the, you know, the, the driving force for this. You get a new goal scorer in Ebbing, and he figured maybe this maybe the offense have finally found something. Maybe it's something something totally, totally different when it comes to things like that. But you know, in the end, 
you know, it just, they felt like they had the momentum and then all of a sudden Idaho decided that they wanted to play hockey and they, they came out in the second half of the first period and just, you know, drove it right down our throats basically. And it was again, bad turnovers. You know, again, we talk about, we talked about it last night. We talk about it. We'll talk about it again tonight. It was bad turnovers. It cost them that that, first end of the first period, you know? Yeah. And then you get, then you get into the second period and then it it just turned into a runaway, you know, Idaho, you know, and it was on, it was, you can't blame, I'm not going to blame Kosa for all of the bad goals because a lot of it was being him being screened as well as, you know, right shot at the right location, especially the, the Hendricks goal when he just drove it right there from the face off fight face off area and just like rocket it past him on the blocker side to eventually pull, you know, Kosa from the game after that goal to put John Letheman in. I mean, what was your take when, when they pulled Kosa to put Letheman in? Did you think it was the right move for Watson to, you know, to make that call? Um, I, I guess I wasn't expecting that at first, but at the same time, it kind of makes sense. It just maybe the moment was too big for him. Um, but I was, I was thinking back to like, or during the game, I'm like, maybe, maybe, uh, well, I should have lost in like versus Indy or, or, uh, Cincinnati to understand how to come back from a loss. We talked, uh, we talked to, about to that. Better, to play better against Idaho. Yeah. We Go ahead. Just a random thought ahead. Yeah, I mean, we talked about that during the whole Indy and Cincinnati series. It would be, it would be nice for Toledo to get a loss under the calum so they can build some resiliency out of the whole situation. But the whole playoff series against Idaho, they were playing from behind from the from the start, from the entire the entire game, and you know they never they never understood what the resiliency factor is. Especially with you know with the Indianapolis series and the Cincinnati series, and then you go into the Idaho series, you're thinking it's going to be another cakewalk. But in all reality, Idaho was the better team with the regard of the whole system, and you know they never learned that for those two first two playoff series. So you're you're right in all aspects of that. They should have learned how to you know to bounce back, especially early on in the early part of the series. And they thought they probably thought. And I'm thinking I'm not I'm not one of their players. I'm not speaking for them, but they probably thought it was probably going to be somewhat of a cakewalk in some aspects. But in all reality, you know, they ran into a good team. And, you know, the Brabham Cup champions, and you know, and this is it proved it proved to them. You know, this is this is this is how you, this is how you play against a. This is how you're supposed to be playing better hockey, the best hockey possible against the best opponents. And this is what it. And this is what we got. This is what we got this whole series. So after the yeah. so so then after they scored and it was four one, and Ikosa gets pulled, did you feel like the building was basically you know the 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 deflation the building was already deflated? I I had a feeling the building was deflated after two two one, but when it went to four one, I just felt like the building was just like. You know, it was just dead. Was it as, as dead as what it looked like on television? Yeah, it was, it was like everybody's bubbles were bursting because 
it was like you saw no um sign of a comeback. Um and and I can see like like with the players that every time every time uh, Idaho scored, just like their heads would just droop down and uh, they're like they can't stop anything. So yeah. it just felt that way. Yeah. So and I, I I felt like once that goal in the third period happened and making it a 5-1 hockey game, I just knew that you could tell on the TV, you could tell on you could tell on the radio side of things, you could tell that a lot of the fans were getting up and they were leaving. I I was saying to my sister who was watching the game too, I said you when they were down four one after four after forty minutes of play, I said you watch and see when the third period when they start the third period you're gonna see a lot of empty seats in like corner spots, and people aren't gonna want to stay and watch the end of end of this hockey game. And sure enough, when Idaho scored the fifth goal, you could just see that the rush of people were starting to get up. The the non true the the ones that come out for you know just for the beer and the to watch them hit and watch them fight, decided that they didn't want to watch any more of what they were witnessing, and they picked up and left. And you saw, I saw it at the final TV timeout. They showed it into the corner, and one of the corners was absolutely, looked like it looked like what it would be like on a typical Wednesday night when there was no, when when the team was terrible. It was just blotches of people here and there. So, I mean, it just felt like, you know, you knew that the bubble burst. You knew that you saw the... I said it on the program at the beginning of the show, Wes. Last night was the wake. Tonight was the funeral, and that's what it was—the funeral, the end of the, the end of the run, and the end of the season. Can you agree to that statement? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, man, I can agree with you there. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, it's just weird because another thing I was thinking during the game, I'm like, if you pulled somebody out the street to watch the third period. Didn't tell them a score or anything. You wouldn't know that the Wally were down by four goals. Yeah. Because they didn't play like for any, had any urgency at all. Yeah, they had, uh, they didn't have <laughs> any I, sense. It's, it was just, uh, it's just weird. Yeah. I mean, but they, I guess they were defeated already anyway, so. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Just going through the motions, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're going through the motions too. You're, th- you know, I'm going through the motions too. I mean, it was just for me uh, watching that third period and watching it coming towards the end. You just kind of felt like they had some. They had a little bit. Of, they were, you know, they they never gave up on the play. I will give them that. They never gave up the play. They never let. Idaho get back into like the zone, but you could just you could just tell that you know they weren't pushing. They weren't pushing more. They were they knew that they were beat. They knew that they lost. They were losing this. They lost this hockey game, and they were just you know they were just gonna take it as it is. That's how it was. They were gonna take it as it is. Yeah, and it, it it's just bad to bad to have this and this season and this run end and how good this team was. I mean, Wes. You've watched this team all season. We both watched this team all season. To think about what this team was in December, and now we're not talking about the players that are on the team now, but you think about this team in December, and we had debating, and we were, you and I were debating about it. You, me, 
Logan and Phil, we were all debating about if this team was actually going to be a playoff team because of how pathetic and poor they were performing. And then they riled this eighteen. Yeah. Then they riled the eighteen game winning streak off. You know they they dominate. They get into the postseason. They played the two e- probably some of the two easiest opponents in the in of the whole series with Indian and Cincinnati, then Cincinnati, and then you play Idaho, who was the juggernaut, and this is what happens. This is what happens. So I you know. It's been a good run. We we can we we can we can all say that you know. I, I I think in my opinion, and this is this is just me. I think we've seen the end of this dynasty in in Toledo hockey history. I think we're gonna have we're gonna have a new chapter being starting to be writ as of next season. I, and I want your take on what I just said. Do you agree with that statement? Yeah, yeah, I think no. There's gonna be no be a change. Yeah. Or with, with the rumor rumor of Watson going to Grand Rapids, possibly. That's a confirmed source. For me. Then, they're they're, um, they're gonna they're offering him the position this week. They're gonna offer him the position, and that's from from one of my confirmed sources from inside the organization. And you could tell you could tell too. Wes, in the post-game presser when he was being interviewed by Strack, that, you know, and you could tell also on Melzack when they were at the end, when they were doing the handshake line, and they it basically says, you know, Watson is a great coach, and he's going to be a great coach in the American Hockey League. I mean, what do you mean he's going to be a great coach in the American Hockey League, first of all? Oh. <laughs> I did not know that. That, that, was a, that, was a, that was a chip. And the second chip was during the Strack interview. If you look, at, if you listen to the Strack interview, you probably could go back and listen to it. He talked about how you know they're going to take some time as an organization to think about what the future is for this organization. If that doesn't tell me that there's a coaching change going to happen, that doesn't that means to tell me that there's going to be a coaching change that's going to happen, and it's going to happen soon because it has to happen soon. Because you think about it. We're about, let's say, about five five weeks away from the NHL draft. After this, after this, after the Stanley Cup final, we're a week out after the Stanley Cup final for the NHL draft, and you got to start recruiting players. I mean, to the AHL, to ECHL, the AHL. He's a he's a he, and with the connection with him and Lalone, I mean that just it just makes sense. It just totally makes sense. That he's going to be the next coach of Grand Rapids, and my what my source says, he's going to get offered that position, and I have a strong, strong feeling. I'm not going to put chips on it. I'm not going to put money on it, but I will say this: if I was Dan Watson, the great run that he's had here in Toledo, I mean, he's been with us what since 2016, if I'm not mistaken, after Lalone left in 15 to go to Iowa. And then he took yep. over in 2016. Ever since 16, he's been he's been golden for this team, getting them to the Cup final two out of the last three years. The pandemic year, of course, doesn't it doesn't it it ruined it for him. We could have had three chances, three out of the four years. But what else is there for him more to do than to move up? And he would be a great 
American Hockey League coach, an absolute great American Hockey League coach. But the question is, as an organization, if Watson or when Watson does take this job, who's the next person? Because I don't think it's Hirschfield. I don't think it's uh, the uh, other guy with the glasses and he wears the he wears uh, the, the, the checker pattern. I forget his name off the top of my head. Uh, I don't think it's him. So they're going to have to go to the drawing board. They're going to have to go to the drawing board, and that's a good question. Now, other than coaching, you've got player situation. Now, in that press, same press conference, Wes, because I, I bet you probably, you didn't probably watch it. I'll give you this, too. Watson said that you're going to have players that are retiring and players that are going to Europe to play. So that means, you know, I I took it as this. Hensick's done. Yeah. Albert's done. And you've got it you've yep. got it and you've got to put into some aspect of how Brandon Hawkins left the ice tonight, too. You have to look at how Brandon Hawkins left the ice tonight. He looked around after the end of the game. And when he went down the tunnel, he raised his stick one last time and walked down the tunnel. If that doesn't mean to me that he's tipping his hat and saying, thank you, Toledo, I don't know what else is there to say. I don't know what else to say. And then you have the whole situation with Europe, Europe players. I'm not going to name names. I, you know, I think of, of – there's only two that I think of right off the top of the bat. Tutayev. Because of the connections that he has over there already in Europe, and Vero over yeah. there also, those yeah. two players, yeah. right to Europe. I have that feeling, right to Europe, and that's where they're going to go. But, but other than that, you then have, but the the core group of those of this team, the you have Gordy Green, you have Ebbing, you have you know you have Curdy, you have Meyer, you have all these core crew core guys that have been with this organization for the last two three years you know the question is what's going to happen to them what's going to happen to this team and what it's going to be a different we're going to have a different looking team as of next season do you agree with that statement yeah yeah i think we will and i hope it's more physical yeah right right you know, and um, it'll be like, and how how will they get along with whoever they hire? Yeah, with so that's the other question. I mean the the only other the only thing I could think of the only thing I could think of remember we I don't know if you remember the whole thing that they were talking about is that that Kotnik the Kotnik from uh, from South Carolina. Oh, yeah. Remember the whole situation with that? Wouldn't it be something if it actually that does happen? If it was just it was just an an early indication of what was going to happen later on down the road. I mean, I'd be like, I was like, am I what? Am I living in the Matrix? Am I living? <laughs> am I? Did I take the blue pill or did I take the green pill? I don't know what I took. I mean, I don't know. I mean. It, it's going to be interesting to see how this team looks come September when we go into training camp and we start it up and what this team looks like, you know, 
we don't know what this team looks like in two weeks, and we don't know what this team is going to look like in five months. We really don't. Right. But you know, and you got to. But in the end, you got to tip your cap to Idaho. They played a great series. They, you know, they 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 knew what this team was the the walleye were, and they were better than I'll admit it. They were better than us in all aspects of it. You know, their goaltending was their goaltending was strong. Their their puck presence was there, and their rush their rushing ability was great, and that's what killed us. And the bad pel- and and giving up too many bad penalties and bad turnovers just killed killed this team this year and killed this killed the walleye in this series. Yeah, plain simple, plain and simple. Uh, so. By the way, Wes, did you enjoy the baseball game today? Yeah, it was pretty fun. Pretty fun. Yeah, they. Won. I saw I, the. I saw the Tigers I, won I today. Like rooting against the White Sox. <laughs> I hate them. <laughs> you Being hate the Cubs White Sox. Fan. Being a Cubs fan, you know. Yeah. I can't like the White Sox. Hey, uh, even, just, even if even if I don't like the Tigers, I gotta. I, I gotta, I gotta just. I gotta just say this, Wes. The Reds have taken two out of three from the Cubs this series. I, I I know I know I know. I I, I just I'm just gonna put that out there. You know we we took two or three from you guys at Wrigley. I will, uh, and one on national television. I will take that. I will take that. I, you know I I, I, have, I have a Cubs lanyard that uh, Karina got me for Christmas, and I was gonna wave it wave it at the White Sox fans. <laughs> It's like when was when was your World Series? Oh, when was mine? Oh yeah, that's right. That's all. That's all you have to say. It's like Paul right. Canerco. Paul Canerco. Who? Oh yeah. <laughs> Somebody had a Michael Jordan Birmingham Barons uh, jersey. Wow, that's 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 digging deep. That's digging yeah, deep. I, I I actually got to see him play when he was with the Barons. Yeah. Because uh. Since my brother was living in Alabama at the time, okay, we came and visited, and so we we went to a game and saw him. Okay, you know, he probably didn't do well because he was you know he was nah, not he nah. was well he, he got a, he got a, he got a base hit at least. Well, uh, he didn't have a great he didn't have a great game. He was probably one for three or one for four in the game probably. Is that, is yeah, what, it, what it sounds like. Yeah, there wasn't wasn't much other than the cool factor of seeing him play baseball. Yeah, I mean, and also you also had to worry about the aliens coming out of, out of left field trying to get into the piggly wiggly, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, Wes, again, I I appreciate you coming on the podcast during this whole postseason run. I appreciate your your candor about what you witnessed all season and. Um, Again, from the bottom of my heart, I thank you so much for being a part of being a part of this ride, um, and being a part of the fun that we've had over the last uh, what was it? It's been about a month, month and a half, about a month and a half, basically, in this postseason run. Now, now we get to relax and see what the future holds for this for this team, this organization, and as well as what happens down the road. You know. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me, Andy. It's been fun. Yeah, it's been pl- fun. We'll count you in definitely for the 
the start of next season and when we do when we do the preview show of course and we get we get ready for the campaign and we'll have you blip we'll have you blip down once in a while when we uh when we uh when when we do more shows down the road because we're getting ready this will be the surprising thing Wes I've been doing this podcast now it will be as of June the 7th yeah June 7th it'll be 15 years doing this podcast I've been doing this since 2009 and this will be the 15th year of me doing doing all Andy Alfred that tells you that tells you something and this is you know I've had great I've had guests on Many times, and you know, you're in the top echelon of the best guests that I've had. So, so yeah. Uh, so, that's, that's good what, to hear. so what? So, thank you so much. Uh, have a you know for the viewers and the listeners to have a great summer, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road. All right. All right. Good. All right. Thanks, Wes. Thanks again. I appreciate right. it. Uh, no problem. All right. Welcome, I'll t- all right. I'll talk to you later. Okay. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. That was Wes Carr joining me tonight on All Andy Alford, the post game show right here on the All Andy Alford Network. Just heard Wes Carr giving his opinion and his thoughts on what we he witnessed tonight at the Bank Tank. The fish, the walleye, officially eliminated from the 2023 Kelly Cup final were taking your final calls for comments and questions tonight as we recap tonight's game as the fish fall to the Idaho Steelheads by the score of 5 to 1 as the fish in this game tonight it started off with Thomas Ebbing getting his second of the of the playoff series at the 302 mark of the first period with the assist of Brett McKenzie and Colin Keenan, it was one nothing Toledo at the beginning of the first period. Then Idaho then attacked as White gets his first, his fifth of the season from Bertruz and Murphy, making it a one-one hockey game. And then uh, Hendrick getting his second of the playoffs, beating goaltender Sebastian Cosa, who made the start. With Domaski getting this the assist at the 1834 mark. Toledo outshot Idaho in the first period 14 to 5, but they were down 2-1 after 20 minutes of play. Uh Kataguchi then capitalizes, beating Sebastian Costa to the to the block to the pad side for his fourth of the season from White and Murphy, making it a 3-1 game. And then Hendricks from the top of the faceoff dot buries it top corner over Sebastian Cosa for Hendricks' second of the game, third of the playoffs from Becker and Milzik, and it's a 4-1 game. Sebastian Cosa then was pulled in the game for John Letheman. Letheman comes into the game uh, in the second period. Toledo down 4-1 after 40 minutes. They were outshot 13-7 in the period. And then the dagger is Kula getting his first of the campaign from Hendrick and Milzik. It's a 5-1 game. Toledo falls. Idaho outshot them 7-2 in the period, and they were outshot in the game 25-23 as Toledo falls to the Idaho Steelheads tonight by the score of 5-1. Toledo did not have a power play attempt, but they were 5-5 on the penalty kill as Idaho was 0-5 on the power play tonight. 
Two hours, 18 minutes, took to play the game. 8,300 in attendance. Murphy, the three star, or Murphy, the number three star. White, the number two star. And Hendrick, the number one star in the game tonight as the Walleye. Fall in five games to the Idaho Steelheads. Four games to one. The season ends tonight at the Huntington Center. And the Bruce Taylor Trophy goes to the Western Conference champions. And that is the Idaho Steelheads this season. And the walleye season is done. And the 14th season of all Andy Alford has concluded. When we begin again in in two in, in a week and a half, we will begin with the fifteenth season of all Andy Alford. Fifteen years of doing this podcast with you guys, and it has been an amazing run. And we're just getting started. So, again, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for this long playoff run that we've had here on all Andy Alford. I thank you again for that. By the way, the final has just came in. The Vegas Golden Knights have fallen to the Dallas Stars 4-2 in the game, which will now force Game 6 in Dallas on Monday night. So there is that for you. 8 o'clock puck drop for that one. And By the way, Miami in their game tonight against Boston. In game six, have rallied back. Celtics are up 102 to 100 with two seconds left to go in the fourth quarter. Can Miami pull it out? Can they win and force, and can Boston win and force a game seven? Or are we destined for this Miami Denver series? We shall see. So again, we will be back on the air later this week, upcoming week, to get you set up for season 15 of All Andy Alford. And again, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for tuning into our show during this whole postseason run. And thank you for you know for everything, folks. You know, it's it has been a pleasure. You know, it has been a great honor. To, to do this podcast and to do this show with you guys and each and every night of this postseason run. And I thank you. I thank you so very much. I love you guys. I'll talk to you guys soon. I'll talk to you guys very, very soon. As we end this podcast and we end the regular season and the postseason for our walleye. It's been a pleasure. God bless. Love you, babe. Talk to you guys later. It's not a question but a lesson
Love you guys. And I'll see you soon. So take the photographs and still frames in your mind. Hanging on a shelf in good health and good time. One of Northwest Ohio's greatest sports traditions is on its way. As the 2023 Dana Open comes to Highland Meadow Golf Course in beautiful Sylvania, Ohio. And all Andy Alford has the ticket for you. Listen each day of the tournament as we break down what happened on the course, give you up to the minute scoring, and as well as recaps of each of the players' rounds. Follow us on Twitter at AllAndyAlford as well as Facebook.com slash all Andy Alford for the latest up to the minute stats and scoring and what's happening on the course and join us on the course Friday Saturday and Sunday of the tournament from the ninth hole as we give you all the in-depth analysis and so much more a tradition unlike any other in the Northwest Ohio sports scene the 2023 Dana Open from Highland Meadows Golf Course in beautiful Sylvania, Ohio. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Elford Network right here on Spotify. You have listened to the show on the plethora of platforms, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you listen to the show, and whenever you listen to the show, thank you so much for tuning into the show. As always, you can follow our show on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred, as well as Facebook.com. All, all sports lines are provided by Barstool Sportsbook. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit GamblingCenter.com. The podcasts are recorded right here on Spotify.